stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. What do you know about your pelvis or pelvian health? Personally, I don't know too much other than I always think about Elvis gyrating his pelvis at some of his shows from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Robin Sinnott, and we are going to be talking about pelvic health physiotherapy. So please stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by babyready.info. Welcome, everyone. I am extremely excited today to have the opportunity to be chatting with a friend of mine. And before we go any further, you're going to notice that this episode is just myself recording with our guest because things are a little upside down in the world of boobs, bods, and brains. But don't worry, Laurel is coming back. She and I are still co-hosts. She's just got a bit of a busy plate right now. So I'm interviewing today and chatting with my friend, Robin, who is a pelvic health physiotherapist. And I am excited to have her tell us what she does. So welcome, Robin. And tell us, what is a pelvic health physiotherapist? What do you do? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so I'm going to explain a little bit, but I also want to just put it out there that each pelvic health physio kind of does their own thing. So I'll explain what I do, and maybe try and generalize it a bit, but each pelvic physio is different. As a pelvic health physio, I'm different than a typical physio, in that I have extra training that allows me to be able to assess the pelvic floor in a very specific way involving a vaginal or a rectal exam. That's how we're different than typical physios. Once I became a pelvic physio, I got a very extensive understanding of the pelvis Mm -hmm. and the core. And there's a lot in the pelvis. (laughs) So I think before when I was learning it was almost like there was this like black box around the pelvis. I could treat everything above. I could treat everything below, but it was kind of weird if anything was on the pubic bone or anything on the tailbone. Right. So it gives me a, an understanding of how the pelvic floor works. Anything that involves pain in that whole pelvic area, I have a greater understanding of. So I treat that quite frequently. Also um, for me, I see for the internal aspect, I see exclusively people with a vagina. Okay. So I have a very good understanding of that. And that also relates a lot to birth and pregnancy. So I would say um, for pelvic physios that have focused in this area, we know a lot about pregnancy, birth, and postpartum time. Some pelvic physios will focus on people with a penis mm-hmm. and they'll have a ton of information and, and extensive understanding of that that's not me. I don't, um, I don't know much about that part. I'm trying to think of what we would treat. So anything that has to do with incontinence, Mm -hmm. I would see that any pain in the area. So I see a lot of people with back pain, um, pubic symphysis dysfunction in pregnancy, 
um, or not in pregnancy, hip pain, tailbone pain or coccydinia, pain in the vulva, pain with penetration or dyspareunia, menstrual cramp pain, that kind of thing. I'll see a lot of that endometriosis, leaking pee. So incontinence or leaking fecal matter or gas, I would help with that. I'll see some people with diastasis rectus abdominis, which is abdominal separating. And that's not necessarily only a pelvic physio that can help with that. But because the core is made up of the transverse abdominis around the center and also the pelvic floor at the bottom, Mm -hmm. we have like a a special um, ability to be able to assess that part of the core that other typical physios don't. I would see um, or help people with symptoms of pelvic organ prolapse in my practice because I have extra training with labor and birth. I often will help people prepare for labor and birth and then help with the healing after and help help them to return to exercise or whatever sport they want to get back to in a way that's safe and not too fast and what their body's ready for. I think that's mostly what makes us different than a typical physio. In my personal practice, becoming a pelvic physio and having my own birth with my son kind of led me down the road of trauma-informed care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I really use as a cornerstone of my care. It's like the, the base across everything that I do. And so what that looks like in treatment with me is there's always a choice. And so um, there's other parts of it too, obviously, but that's the main thing. So coming to me as a pelvic physio, it doesn't mean you have to have an internal exam to have benefit from working with me. There's so much that we can do to help your pelvic health concerns that doesn't have to involve an internal exam. And so, yes, I got trained in that. And now all that extra knowledge I have, I can use that, but it doesn't mean that I need to do an internal exam on you. Right. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, actually. And and especially when you're doing it from a trauma-informed perspective, that's mm-hmm. that's monumental, right? I mean, and, and when we think about trauma, we think that automatically our brain only goes to or primarily goes to someone who's been physically assaulted by someone they don't know down a dark alley kind of thing in it. In and that happens. Don't please don't misunderstand me. I know that that happens, but it could be also um, a partner who doesn't understand um, intimacy and, and safe, intimate practices with their partner. It could be someone who's had a birth experience where they didn't feel empowered to make decisions about their own body and decisions are made for them. So I, I love that you bring all of this together and take all of this into consideration because a lot of people don't even know mm-hmm. why they feel triggered when they talk about birth or what, why they feel triggered when they talk about intimate moments with their partner and those kinds of things what we know, like there's obviously a range of trauma that can happen, but we know that the key things about it are that you felt unprepared, helpless, and unsupported. And that can apply to a lot of things, Mm -hmm. right? And, And in our society too, I think for people that have a vagina, a lot of what we have been brought up with 
around sex and all that has been somewhat traumatizing. hundred percent. So I think, I think that can often be a really scary thing about thinking to come to a pelvic physio is that you have to have this internal internal exam to get any benefit. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. You don't need it. And and I can speak from some experience as someone who's sat in the room with you for a first visit and there was no internal exam done at all. There was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of question asking. There was a lot of guidance given as to how I can move forward without anyone else ever needing to lay a hand on my body and yet still feel the benefit from it. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And the thing is, like, if you decide you want an internal exam, that's, of course, an option. Sure. It doesn't have to be right. There's so many things. The thing that I have learned from pelvic physio as well is is our pelvic floor is so closely connected to our stress response. Sure. And so we know that the second our body goes into fight, flight, or freeze, the first muscle to contract is the pelvic floor. And so a lot of the messages we get in our society is that our pelvic floor is weak and we need to tighten it or Mm -hmm. strengthen it. But in actual fact, the most that most of what, I see is, is people that have too much tension and it's because we live in fight, flight, or freeze. And so Mm -hmm. actually a lot of what can help is more of a whole body approach in trying to help each person find their way to come out of fight, flight, or freeze and come back to a feeling of like calm, safety, that kind of thing. And that doesn't have to involve internal. That could be something you do at home yeah yeah that makes sense speaking of that tension and and you specialize in labor and birth pregnancy and postpartum um and that's a lot of the area of focus I think that that's probably what brings people to you but your compassion and your kindness your bedside manner and your knowledge keeps them coming back to you because let's be honest our pelvic health is something that we need to take care of and respect all of our lives. We just focus on it when it comes around time to birthing babies. But one of the things that comes to my mind as you talk about the tension in our pelvis is, um, is truly about the time during birth when we are pushing our babies out, when we are supposed to be tightening those muscles right up. And yeah, I get the sense that that's really not the most beneficial way to evacuate a child from our bodies. Is that correct? Yeah, no, no. Um, Right in birth, it is very, so my approach, again, is different than some. Mm -hmm. I think the most important part in birth to help make sure that your pelvic floor is in an ideal, relaxed, and, and kind of stretching, forgiving state the biggest thing is to make sure that you feel safe and supported and that will relax your pelvic floor on its own right because that means you're not in fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. it means you feel safe it means you have eye contact with your partner or your doula or whoever's with you supporting you in the birth it means that you feel heard it means that you feel able to express your choices 
and supported in them and you Mm -hmm. don't feel pressured or rushed, right? Mm -hmm. That alone, taking you out of fight, flight, or freeze, that will make your pelvic floor relax and it will know to stretch on its own. It's harder, I think, when you're in fight, flight, or freeze to think your vagina relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's really hard if you're feeling panicked to be like, okay, vagina, let go. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Yeah, so I more focus on, do you have support from the people that are there with you? Can you slow down your breathing? When we slow down our breathing, we calm our nervous system, we come out of fight, flight, or freeze. If you're breathing slow, your pelvic floor is relaxed. Right. So that's how I would focus on that in birth. There are some techniques that involve you focusing on those pelvic floors and opening like a flower or softening and and relaxing down there. And those can be helpful for some people. I find they're most helpful when the person already feels safe. Right. And they feel supported. So they need to set that network up beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And like other parts of the environment, like, do you, are the lights dim? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. You know, this as a doula. (laughs) Yes. And and I have, I have seen it and benefit. And certainly when I'm, when I'm talking to social media, when I'm talking to people who are asking me questions, they start talking to me about how painful it is to get out of bed during pregnancy, how, you know, they're struggling with urinary incontinence after birth and those kinds of things. And I keep saying to people, you don't even know how much you would love your pelvic health physiotherapist because you haven't been yet. But I promise you when you get there, they will become your new best friend. (laughs) Thank you. In pregnancy, we can help a lot for sure. In the birth part, I'm not there. That's actually where I always recommend having a doula. The the doula can be there to make you feel safe, to make you feel supported in your choice, to help you feel prepared and not helpless. That's why a doula is so helpful there. And then, yes, during pregnancy, we can help a ton with pain. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's it. When we when we start talking about urinary incontinence and things like that, those are things that are kind of up inside the body that we know that you can help with. But it feels for some people like, but what about um, the symphysis pubis and how it's you know it's really creating a lot of discomfort or the low back pain yeah. and those kinds of things during during the pregnancy as well. Mm-hmm. And and you've got a a boatload, a wealth of information and resources that can help with that, I assume. Yeah, totally. And and the pubic symphysis dysfunction can be something that's really impactful for people in pregnancy. It can be really hard to move, hard to get a good sleep. And so what we know from the research is that it's not actually a separation that impacts your pain. The degree of separation in your pubic bone and between the sides of your pubic bone isn't related to the amount of pain you experience. It's more related to stress, which is interesting because stress and a tight pelvic floor go together. And we know the pelvic floor attaches right onto that pubic bone. And so likely if a pelvic floor is tight, it's going to kind of irritate that area, right? Sure. So a lot of it has to do with relaxing the pelvic floor, opening the hips, which seems counterintuitive when your pubic bone is bothering you. 
Right. But that's helpful. If you can open your legs more, sit wide legged, relax your pelvic floor, maybe take some of the unnecessary stress. If there is any in your life out that can help too. just Mm -hmm. coming out of that fight flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You, you work a lot with people who are in the age ranges of starting families. How late in life do you work with your clients? This totally varies as well between pelvic health physios. Sure. I do see people even like postmenopausal. I think my oldest client was 92. So I see people across the, the lifespan. I like to see them starting like actually before pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and kind of helping with pelvic health understanding at the beginning, because I think if you have an understanding of it going forward, things don't get as bad, you right. know, when something isn't quite right and it's easier to address, but yeah, no, I help, I help across the, yes. the page. Yes. But you, you raise a good point. A lot of people listening can appreciate why they would see you during pregnancy, why they would see you post-birth, even why they would see you around menopause. Yes. But you say seeing them before there really is an issue to be seen. What is the benefit of seeing you before they're really even recognizing that there's an issue? Yeah. Okay. So here's, this is a little bit of a tough thing. I don't necessarily think that if you have no concerns at all, you need to see me. I don't want to, to make an issue where there isn't. However, I do think it's, it's always helpful to learn about your own body. So that could be something I could do, or it could be something a book could do, right? It doesn't have to be me, but I would say that a lot of people before they're in their reproductive years, have concerns that they've been told are normal and aren't actually like painful periods, right? Menstrual cramps, pain with penetration. A lot in those younger years, a lot of it is around pain. I would say in, in the athletic population, there's a lot of um, increased urinary frequency where they're going pee quite often Mm -hmm. or they're leaking Um, those things can happen early on and, and it's often like, ah, it's just a normal thing. Mm -hmm. So that's just what periods are like. The sooner we treat that, the less it kind of builds and extends, gets bigger and bigger. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Painful, especially with pain. Mm Because if you're in pain, you tend to protect yourself and tighten up. And your nervous system gets more sensitive and tries to protect you. So then you're getting, getting more tight, which then hurts more. So it kind of builds on itself. So the sooner you can get that addressed, the less extensive it is in your life. And that relates to endometriosis as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think we are inclined, especially when they're, when we see teenagers who have painful periods or maybe pain with um, penetration, although they don't often talk about it much because they've already been told that they're not supposed to have any kind of intimacy yeah. with penetration. So they so much shy shame. away from that already. And, and who do we talk to then as a result of that? But endometriosis tends not to be diagnosed or even assessed 
when they're young, menstrually active individuals, it's not until they're in their 20s that they finally say, I can't, I can't anymore. I need somebody to do something more. Um, So starting young. Yeah, like it's, it's not normal to have pain at any age with your like, maybe a little tension or ache that's very short lived, but significant discomfort where you're taking meds or you're not able to function and it's lasting more than a day. It's not something that we need to, it's not normal. We need to have that looked at as soon as possible for sure. Right. Yeah. That's good to know. Cause that's, that's, you know, for the people with young teens and they, we, we, you know, we hope that parents are becoming more com- comfortable and confident talking to their teens about their physical health, but there's a lot of teens that still shy away from being open to talking about it. Totally. Well, and I think you're right. It, it's normalized at home with your family and talking about it. And at the same time, trying to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. A lot of the times you'll go into the medical professional and they don't know yet about this sure. either. And so they say it's normal. Yeah. So it's important to keep advocating and know that like, if you don't feel that that's being addressed well enough, ask for a second opinion. That person might not have enough knowledge in the area to give you a fully informed answer. So seeking out someone else for that is important. Yeah. I hate doing this, but we are almost at the end of our time. And I want to have the opportunity for you to tell people how they can find you if they have questions. Do you and do you do only in person appointments for initial visits or um, because you are local to me, but there's people everywhere that listen to this. (laughs) If they can't get in touch with you, they would have to find somebody local. But how do they find you? Yeah. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, on Instagram, I'm physio.robin with a Y. We'll put that in the show notes, right? Yep. Um, and my website is Um, You can book online with me there. I can see anyone in Ontario virtually. Excellent. My license covers the province of Ontario and I can treat virtually. And again, there's so much that can be done without an internal exam. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that you see me in person. If you were somewhere that wasn't close by and we decided we were meeting virtually and you needed an internal exam, there's lots of public physios I could refer you to there too. Um, But yeah, I see people virtually. And then in Burlington, I do see people in person. Excellent. I want to take just a second and say thank you so much for coming and joining us today, having this conversation and really opening our eyes to what exactly should we be feeling or not feeling as the case may be in our pelvic floor. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.